Skills in the Key of Life, a podcast series and program that will guide you on your journey so that you may lead an extraordinary life. Hello and welcome to Skills in the Key of Life, a podcast series. This is episode number 10. Thank you once again, as we are very grateful that you take the time out of your busy schedule to listen to our podcasts. Today we are going to continue our discussion on overcoming adversity and how do we transcend to become the better person. Today's discussion is going to center around a personal experience that happened to myself and family last week. It has to do with my brother-in-law, who had recently passed away. A few weeks ago, my brother-in-law, John, had been feeling sick and had gone into the hospital. He was diagnosed with some type of an infection and was told that he really had some serious problems and needed to address them. He was a little bit resistant on trying to continue on in a hospital setting and decided to check himself out against medical advice to his own resources to head back to his own apartment. After struggling on his own and he was beginning to have problems to ambulate, a friend of his contacted us and let us know that he was really having a hard time. He had only been home a few days and my wife and I went up to go and talk with him. I was able to convince him to get back into the hospital where they admitted him into the ICU unit. During that midweek he was actually doing a little bit better and the nurse had stated that he may be going up to another care level outside of the intensive care unit as his blood pressure had stabilized. Within a couple of days, he began to break down again. His system was having trouble keeping his blood pressure up and they kept him on the ICU unit. By Thursday of that week, we received a call from the duty nurse who talked to my wife and stated that John was not doing very well and we should come up to see him. So we made plans and left that Saturday early morning with my son and myself and my wife to drive up to Scranton, Pennsylvania. This is about a two and a half hour drive from our home here in Chester County, Pennsylvania. We arrived at the hospital and went up to the ICU unit and we were able to see that John was actually in a dreamlike state and was having a respiration system help him assist his breathing. He did not have full capacity respiration system inside, but this system helped breathe partially for him as he was struggling. John had COPD as well and had been a smoker for most of his life. As we sat there, we could see that he was really in a dreamlike state and was not conscious but the nurse had stated he does hear and that most patients when they are in that state do hear the family members and people talking and encouraged us strongly to speak with him so each of us did in turn talk with him about getting better about coming back to visit us and stay with us possibly for a while in our home as he got better where we could help and nurse him and get him stronger we continued the conversation until one of his friends came down his best friend His friend came in and then said, well, John had been doing pretty good a couple of days ago and then just started to break down and was having some problems now, most of this with his blood pressure and breathing. As the four of us continued our conversation and engaging John, my wife had mentioned that she wanted to get a cup of coffee. The nurse on the floor stated there was a Starbucks down on the first floor of the hospital and all four of us decided we would take a walk down to the first floor and get my wife a coffee and a couple of waters for my son and I. Once we reached the first floor, I got a call immediately from the duty nurse once again on my cell phone, and he reported that John was actually starting to do worse and we should come right back up. 
Upon hearing this, which was pretty surprising because we had literally just seen him a few moments ago and he seemed stable, we took the elevator back up and quickly walked over to the room. As we entered the intensive care unit, I could see from a distance his body monitoring system. The top line would show his heartbeat and I could see from that distance that it had flatlined. As we walked over to John, the doctor and nurse were standing over his body and had stated that he had just recently passed away within moments of us entering the room. They offered to give us some time with John and took off his respiratory mask and we were able to spend a few moments with him in a closed curtain. My wife was very upset and began to cry. My son, who I believe really was in shock from this whole experience, became very somber and stoic and just kind of stood with his hands folded and looking down at the floor. My wife went over and said that she loved him and kissed him on the forehead and said that she will miss him greatly as John was the last member of her family as her mother had passed away and father had already passed away. So that would leave her as the sole survivor. My son was too upset, I feel, to even say anything and really just kept his eyes down as he stood there. I walked over and touched John on the forehead and then rolled up the sheet up to his chin and said that I loved him too and would miss him greatly. As we left the hospital room, I talked with the nurse and medical staff who explained that they tried to do everything they could do for him. They did not anticipate him passing away so quickly, but were glad that we were there. I was also glad that we were there for him and for my wife as well, because it would have been heartbreaking to have him pass away either before we arrived or after we had left and that we had the opportunity to spend some last few moments with him. As we returned home, it was a very somber ride. My wife was extremely upset. Once again, being the sole survivor of her family, she felt all alone. Even though she has a loving husband and a loving son, for her, the loss of her biological family was way too much to bear. She cried a bit and then we talked and we discussed a lot of the happiness and joy that we had with him through our lives. I encouraged her to think of his legacy and all that he left behind. And what I mean is not material things, but what did he leave behind in each of our hearts? And that we should focus our thoughts, processes, and even conversation on that. What we had to do now was come to terms with his passing. This is part of a grief process. John was only 60 years old, and my wife and I felt he had much more life left in him. He had gotten an infection about a few weeks prior, and the infection took hold into his body system. He was unable to fight it on his own and went into the hospital. Most likely against medical advice, he discharged to his own resources, and we feel this was probably the worst decision he made. As he got sicker at home and we were able to get him back into the hospital, it was apparent that his body system had just broken down too much. Though he was only 60 years old, it was his time, and we had to come to terms once again with that. And in part of the grief and understanding this was one thing, that we were there at the end and we could be there for him. I told my wife I felt that John was ready to pass, but he was not going to go until we left the room. I believe that he waited until we left the room before he would let go. So it was this desire of my wife to want a cup of coffee on the first floor of the lobby of this hospital that precipitated the opportunity for him to pass on in his own way to not have family sit there and watch his very moment of passing. I've heard this story from other people who have had lost loved ones and they felt that the minute they left the room and that person had passed, 
that the same reason was that they waited for the individuals to leave so they could pass and not have the person have to experience this. I believe this is what happened to us. And again, John had waited until we left the room before he was to pass on to his next journey. One of the other struggles that my family was facing was that my wife, Valerie, and my son, Michael, had never experienced losing somebody in front of them or had been present when a body had passed. I've had this experience a few times in my life and have been grown, not that you become accustomed to it, but it was not as much of a shock for me. My son, I think, took it very hard because later on that evening, he also shared with me that he felt that he was going to have nightmares. So the two of us focused on John's memories, the positive memories, his interactions, and I took out some pictures of John during his time in his life to celebrate who he was. This was to help redirect the thought process and realize and remember John was a person internally, not just a physical shell, and that this is what we should think about. The truth is, this is much easier to discuss than it is to actually live through. Because in the moment when we're all dealing with those crises, traumas, loss, we don't really think in a proactive way. We don't think in a reflective way. We think reactionary and just that we had lost something or we have a hardship that we have to overcome. And that it just seems insurmountable, anything that is in front of us. One of the key things that I felt really was helpful for us was to focus on the real point of what had just happened. In life, we will all pass away. What is it that we can give to somebody that will give you the sense and peace? And that is to give them a sense of full legacy and to discuss John's life once again, as we talked about overcoming this adversity, was to celebrate his legacy in life and not so much what had just had happened. Life is not fair. We have talked about this on many episodes and that's just the way it is. But it isn't so much about life not being fair. It's really how do we respond to what happens to us that really is at the heart of our success and or our failure. I share this story because at the end of the conversation of my wife and I and son going home, that weekend was a very difficult weekend as we had to make plans for his passing. We had to make funeral arrangements as we were the only family members left. Once again, it was a two and a half hour distance between the two of us, so therefore the geography itself made a challenge. But at the end of the day, my wife, who became overwhelmed with this and did not know what to do, was confident that whatever had to work out would work out, because I reassured her that, as all things in life, there is a solution and we'll find it. It may not seem like it's plausible right now, but we will get through this and do the things we need to do. That's what the human condition is. We rise to the top when we are ever at our lowest. And in this situation, with all that had to happen in such a short period of time, we did just that. We were able to figure it out very quickly and make it happen. And part of overcoming adversity truly is not just living through the moment or living in that moment and dealing with the grief. It is to look forward to the next day, to the opportunities in front of us. As we look back at the legacies of people that have been in our lives, it is the opportunities in front of us that are the driving purpose. Those are the forces that we follow. For us right now, the loss of a brother-in-law, the loss of a brother, the loss of an uncle for our family has been pretty traumatic. But we do know that we have his legacy in our heart and in our prayers. We know that we have him and his spirit with us as we revisit his life and our lives together over and over again. We do this through memory, through pictures, through video, through any medium that can help us and bring us back to those times where we had happiness and joy as a family. 
I really feel the takeaway here is that life is a get to do and not a have to do. We get to do the things we do. We get to have the people we have in our lives. And those legacies, those people that we loved and cared for who may have passed on before us, are in our hearts and spirits all the time. We get to relive their lives together with us over and over again. And once again, overcoming adversity is not just about the condition itself. It is the future opportunities that you have in front of you. To overcome adversity is just in the moment, but to get to the core of what it is that you're fighting for or fighting with and understanding it and coming to terms with it, whatever it may be, in this case, it was the passing of my brother-in-law, but to come to terms and understand that this is just part of life. Once we understand that and realize that we're able to step forward and move forward and continue on our journey. Because once again, the opportunity to be with somebody is a gift. And to have that gift in your heart really does create the best possible outcome of any one of our passings. And that is, we could leave a legacy. Thank you very much once again for listening to Skills in the Key of Life. We are so grateful you take your time out of your busy schedule to join us. This was episode number 10. We really discussed more of a personal story today and discussed how we overcome tragedies and traumas. Each of us faces this in our lives at one time or another. So my expectation is as we go forward on our next episodes, we will discuss much more in detail, overcoming the challenges in life. How do we respond to the things that happen wrong to us? And what can we do? What are the changes and the possibilities that are within each and every one of us, the human spirit and the human condition? Wishing you many blessings this week. We thank you once again for listening to Skills in the Key of Life, a podcast series. Mm-hmm.